In this episode of Shadows from the Tree, we delve into the darker side of genealogy by exploring stories pulled from newspaper archives and using historical records to find the truth behind them. Specifically, this episode focuses on the theme of hoaxes and the impact it had on the lives of those involved. Join us as we shed light on those often overlooked stories and gain a deeper understanding of the challenges that those involved faced. So we're going to do hoaxes, and I was just thinking while I did this, um, like how interesting it would have been if you were doing your own family history and found that one of your ancestors was part of a hoax because I think it's almost like a joke, right? Like they're yeah. not real. And so it it definitely leaves lots of questions um, as to, you know, why did they do it and and how. But um, so before you start, you're going to start this week, but before you start, I did just note some famous hoaxes mm-hmm. that um, if anyone's listening and you're interested in reading up on those sort of things, um, there were a few. The first one was the Cardiff Giant, which was a buried 10-foot man that someone did to try to get tourism into their state. So I was curious. Um, There was the Great Moon Hoax, which was supposed life on the moon that the newspaper article started to do to try to get um, readers. And there was the Cotton Leaf Fairies, which I had posted on the social media about some young girls who posted photos with said to be real fairies which a lot of people believed and then there was the fiji mermaid which was someone who combined different parts of animals to create what they said was a mermaid that's very interesting yeah yep so there was definitely a lot of things and then um before I started, I started looking into one about Williams James, uh, Jameson Reed from Boston, and he was trying to be uh, an author, and he actually got a book published for his travels through Asia, and I about this. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he, it was a fraud, <laughs> so but he made lots of money off of it, and uh, so yeah, so there's lots of hoaxes out there, and so some that we probably, you know, many more that are probably yet to be discovered, so. All right, Michelle, you're up first. Let me hear it. Well, in the early 1900s, there's a fascination with, you know, radioactivity and um, magnetism, electricity, things like that. So now we have all these energy drinks, right? Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, nowadays we have energy drinks, which are mostly just caffeinated, got electrolytes, you know. You feel like they're good for you, but... Are they really? Mm. But I don't think they could be as bad as radium water. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. So, yeah, according to some of the research here, they would use um, ore from uranium, which, like, also is radon gas in these ore situations. So they put it in water and then sold it as, like, a cure for rheumatism (sighs) and other things like impotence (laughs) and you know a whole slew of medical ailments that radium water specifically radithor which is like the the copywritten name Mm -hmm. so we're gonna start with william j bailey so he was born in boston in may of 1884 so his father passed, and his mother had nine children to raise wow. all by herself. Um, despite that, he he was a really smart guy. He got into Harvard. Oh, wow. So he was there for only three semesters, though, because 
it was just too much money. He couldn't afford it. Oh, poor guy. So he had to drop out. Um, He did fake a a doctorate. Yeah. (laughs) He said he graduated from the University of Vienna, but all accounts didn't have the paper to prove it. (laughs) Probably not. So that's our first lie from William Bailey. (laughs) Um, So he started a lot of companies. So let's call him an entrepreneur of his time. Okay, Okay, so he started, um, but you know, a lot of them just kind of faded away. Didn't or probably didn't have money to follow through. Didn't have the backing, but um, he started this company in New Jersey. Maybe it was like early 1920s. Radium says to cast a spell on Bailey. Oh. So perhaps it was um, Marie Curie. She did a lot of research oh. on radium. So like in the early 1920s, it was all the, the all the talk. <laughs> lots of articles, lots of scientific journals about it. So um, he started a company. And it looks like his signature product to start was Arium. Um, but then they mm. moved down here. Um he started a company in New Jersey. So it was called Bailey Radium Laboratories in East Orange, New Jersey, and it produced Radithor in like the mid 1920s. So okay. he started selling it to doctors because he one of his advertisements says, Amazing Earth Power Builds Vigorous Manpower. <laughs> I'll read that again. It's got a so, kind of nice ring. I yeah. will admit. <laughs> so it's powerful radium in your water. Okay, guys. So he was selling it. It was super expensive. So it's yeah. this tiny little vial. There's I have a picture you can oh, put good, on. Oh, good, good. Um, and it sold for a dollar a bottle. So wow. it wasn't like all of the not everyone could afford this. This was like top of the oh my gosh. top of the food chain. Top one percent could afford this. Okay, and that was equivalent to like sixteen dollars wow. a bottle now. Now, how much of this would they have to? They're supposed to take one bottle at a time. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so they could doctors were prescribing it for like rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, like a lot of like skin or like achy joints, and of course the manpower. Yep, just issue too. <laughs> So, um, so there happened to be a man who was prescribed this. So his name was Eben Byers. Oh, Eben. Or oh Evan, Eben. 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 Like Eben. Well, his full name, Ebenezer. So we'll oh, call cute. him Eben, okay. right? It's a nice nickname. Yeah, I, I like that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so he was actually an amateur golf champion. Okay. So he went to Yale, not Harvard. But, oh, you know, yeah, he's no. the elite. Well, come on. He doesn't need more power. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does, actually. That's where this comes from. So um, he was he was on a train, actually, after a game. It was like a Yale football game or um, he, was, he was on a train and he got injured and hurt his shoulder, according to articles. And his doctor, um, let me pull up the name here Moyer Dr. Moyer M-O-Y-A-R prescribed it because he said it was gonna make him you know up his game yeah feel better (laughs) and according to the the ladies he was actually a ladies man he had plenty of girlfriends (laughs) and while a young man at Yale he had been known as Foxy Grandpa I don't I don't know (laughs) 
but how he had suave ways and success with the ladies so sure but he was a foxy grandpa so thanks to radithor foxy grandpa was making a comeback so whatever i would love to know the story behind that (laughs) so we um i did a little bit more diving into this so he was doing three bottles a day oh my gosh oh yeah for years of oh, for years. Yeah. Ooh. He got like, I don't know if it had some kind of addictive wow. personality or if this had something else in it that, you know, caused Maybe he got, to... it was like a um, placebo effect where he thought he was drinking it and he thought he was felt more confident. Great. And he was felt... feeling great on that. So he just kept Well, Willie taking... made out well, hey, with the money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he only needed one. And Dr. Moyer got one sixth. He got kickbacks. Oh. So, of course, the doctor was uh Kept prescribing. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> good uh, good cycle going on there but unfortunately due to the excess use of it he started getting jaw problems oh. and due to like like osteogenesis like all of his bones were just falling apart especially in his jaw wow. and he ended up have to having like part of his jaw removed oh my god gosh and then like his autopsy and all this they were saying oh no it was other ailments and blah blah, blah. but the physicians are like saying no it wasn't from blood diseases or whatever his original doctor was saying because you know they were denying that there was any kind of actual wow. issue with the the <laughs> radium water so they um but they did put him in a lead encased coffin because of the levels of oh <laughs> so you went to that measure yeah yeah so they buried him in lead because they didn't want his, like... That is insane. Yeah. I've never heard of that. The radioactivity was... And then they actually exhumed his body in the 60s and did studies, and he didn't lose any of the radioactivity. Are you serious? Yeah, he was still radioactive, so he's still in a lead <laughs> lead situation, buried. Yeah. That's wild. So, uh, William, back to William. Okay, so William's <laughs> making money. He's yeah. doing well for, a for himself. Bit okay. Until, I think it was 1927, 28, he started getting, um, you know, in trouble, litigations against his, um, his, his product, his, his famous product. product. <laughs> yes. So he ended up, you know, shutting that down. And he did start, um, was Another I have a question, company, and you yeah. might not know, but was there any kind of like suing of the company for William after this guy, other guy died? I don't think so. No, yeah. it didn't seem. It seemed like there were other, like just the fact that it wasn't doing what it said. Right. So now he in 1937, even after that, he started another company where it was um, seaweed tablets. <laughs> so he was saying like the antioxidants and stuff were were that. And now you can yeah. Passing away from bladder cancer in um, 1949. He was about 64. So oh, William? William, yeah. You think he was taking his own seaweed tablets? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not if he died that seem, young. Didn't seem to help him. No. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So there was a lot of a lot of to do about um, radium and... And if you think about it, too, like back in the 1920s or wherever, they weren't hopping on the internet to search for actual evidence. Like you... You probably only really heard from your doctor or yep. potential newspaper to actually get your information. Yeah, there were um, other other instances where radium was, you know, put in in drinks, and yeah. there was this like like this 
almost, I don't know, like a cooler where you'd put water in overnight and there was radium ore on the outside. So you could make your own oh. radium water <laughs> at home Wow! in the 20s. So that was the seller. I saw some on eBay. People are still uh, People, trying to sell really? them. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing. So did thing they right ever, there. in your opinion, debunk this whole radium is good for you thing oh yeah well like it rots your bones out yeah so okay. i know they they use <laughs> x-ray kind of like oh, true, radiation true. treatment for cancer so it does shrink cancer cells but then like the high level of like continued exposure right is not good good point yeah i even read some some researcher who does like he tests the levels of like radiation on objects from back then he was like i'm not touching this specific thing for longer because i don't know if like handling it is going to cause my hands to start oh my gosh <laughs> generating or oh my because you're saying it was like you know when you go to the dentist they do dental x-ray yeah. so he's like yeah it would probably be about 10 of those <laughs> so oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> so it's not good with um yeah, repeated no. repeated access to that kind of stuff yeah no Okay, so not only did we have water that you would drink, but mm. they also had these bathhouses where there was a well in Oklahoma that had high levels of radium in the water. So they literally <laughs> built this extravagant bathhouse for people to go and swim in it. And That's <laughs> like, terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, they just didn't have the information that we have. So we just, I don't know. I think about what we drink now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) What are we doing much better or much different today? What don't we know about what we're ingesting? So it's only, yeah, they weren't less intelligent. They just didn't know any better, really. Um, So this man named Purdue in Oklahoma. The chicken? (laughs) I didn't see any really... He only had a daughter. I was actually... I was like, am I going to link this to the... The Purdue chicken. What's in your chicken, people? (laughs) Check the the ingredients label. Yeah. But, um, no, this bathhouse seemed to cause quite the the disturbance, let's just say, because people would go and hang out there, and later it kind of came kind of dilapidated there was fires that were seemed to be set on purpose for insurance money so you know after after looks like many years of it being not the best hangout they kind of just let the burnt remains go but then some man (laughs) bought it for a farm and then he was farming there so if you think about the water the soil yeah and the people in the city were mad when the water was, like, going into the, the city itself because I guess the well wasn't well-maintained and oh, it was no. pouring into the city or the nearby town and they said it smelled terrible. Oh, and gosh. And it gave off the – it had, like, a gas smell. I was like – That's bad. Yeah. It didn't seem Wonder. Healthy. I wonder how people in that town, like, yeah, if you look at the more. sentences of, of them, did they yeah. – a lot of them die young? Because even they say, like, people who – have lived close to like power lines, right? Like in today's time, that that wasn't is not great for cancer yeah. and things like that. We'll read about the building here. Okay. Yeah. It is reported that this old, dilapidated, and an unsightly building is not only being used by men and others as a public toilet and becoming <laughs> a stench in the nostrils of the residents. <laughs> <laughs> the public in general, a disgrace and menace to the public health, but is also being used as a loafing place for our boys and others. 
We are on numerous occasions seeing them playing dice, shooting crabs, etc. <laughs> so it wasn't, it turned into not a... I love the stench in the nostril. Yeah. <laughs> just, yep. It was just not a great right. place. And they used to have like... Um, I'm sure they would have charged for people to oh, yeah. go in. They and... charged for you to go and hang out, take baths. And then there was one man who like said he was afflicted from paralysis and and things he would he went and gave a good a good uh his name was mr morris okay he has rheumatism and he took baths and he recovered and he went home yeah. and he's even he was so weak his doctor had to go with him and they both said that this was the cure yeah the water resorts but it's like was he a i know of it's of, like who knows that was one person right saying, well, that's were, how, right? That's how it happens. You, one person says it, and then the trend Cheers starts. Me. Yeah. Yep. Or you have people who are that desperate, right? I guess to try anything. Yeah. And they even had a dipping vat for the cattle. It helped oh, the remove cattle? the ticks. So let's think oh. about this. So <laughs> You're the ticks eating. are just like withering away oh. in this water. Like <laughs> I hate ticks. It just no. gives me the goosebumps. I know. <laughs> just what I was picturing is just. Floating ticks in the yeah. bottle. It's like honestly, I hope they had a separate vat for the cows. <laughs> well, even they're so small, you can't scream. Yeah. Like I'm sure, not even like a little filter would so, have caught them. That that did not stick. Thank goodness we do not still have radium. Oh wow, water and that's things. crazy. But to your point again, like what are we drinking today? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> that's just that's crazy. I mean, it's funny because like uh, when we had traveled to New Zealand. We went and went into their the like Rotorua, the mud. It was oh, like you yeah. could take mud baths, and Ooh. you know that helped your skin. And you know, so there's all these things. But yeah, do you ever fully yeah. look into the research? Because it's natural doesn't mean it isn't right. kill you right. <laughs> exactly. Or who knows what's <laughs> soaking in from around? Oh, <laughs> Crazy. What an interesting story. Yeah, I felt felt bad for the the guy who ended up losing his jaw. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Seemed- seemed addicted to it one way or another right the and then there were these radium girls did you ever watch that movie no they were um painting clock faces with paint that was radioactive too oh so they gosh. would lick the paintbrush oh no to get it to be a fine point so it ended up like they, there they was a huge it. lawsuit with them wow. and they like they what year was that that was in the 30s i would say yeah 1930s that's yep. crazy so what do we do today to prevent the radium from the water in certain areas? Um, I'm not I quite wonder. sure. Well, we have a lot more testing these days, yeah. right? People, I remember growing up, we'd have someone come in and test our water and, yeah. you know. Yeah, we have a radon removal system in the basement here. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Very nice, Michelle. Very, <laughs> uh, very curious. And um, one guy yeah. caused some ruckus. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> very good Alrighty, so my hoax that i was trying to discover here um left me quite interested and i still actually have doubts about it yeah so i want to share some information that i'd love to get your your intake um i have a bit of a timeline to go through to help my story along there's quite a bit of dates that kind of all tie back and I just want to say the words and see what you think mine might be about. Okay. Doll mother. Doll mother. T- 
take a stab. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was it like a baby modeling? Such like maybe. Good guess. We'll see. All right. Pageants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think? that could actually be quite interesting. Okay. I'm going to tell you the name of my story afterwards, but the first date that I have um, for my main character, her name is Hazel, mm-hmm. maiden name Hill, okay? She grew up in Illinois, and in November of 1920, she answered an ad in the Chicago paper for a housekeeper um, over in West Hammond, Indiana, for um, a man named Frank McNally. Okay. So at this point in 1920, Frank was divorced and had two children. So she quickly responds to the ad. She moves in with him. Wow. Yep. That was then in April 2021, uh, 2021, I say, um, 1921, she is getting acquainted there. Five months later, they're married. So they're married in April of 1921. Now, the thing to point out there is there's a big age gap. Oh, of course. So, uh, Hazel. Like a trend. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So about the time of my, when my story breaks, which is around 1921, 1922, she's about 26 years old. And he is a, there's a big discrepancy with his age. Sometimes he's 44, sometimes he's 55, and... Many people have even written in the articles that he looks way older than the age that he says he is. Oh, goodness. So there's a discrepancy. I still am trying to track down his, like, birth records, but um, he looks to be over 50 for sure. So I'll show you a picture of him after. Okay. (laughs) So they're married, okay? Um, Then in the summer of 1921 they moved to South Bend, to specifically Hammond. And this is where they're living. But shortly after, literally like a month after, she leaves him. Uh-oh. Did Supposedly they, they were having their own dis- kids or? Well, you'll, you'll okay. find out. So, okay. so there's like uh, disgruntles happening. They didn't seem to have a very good relationship. And so she leaves him. So that's September. The following month, October 1921, she supposedly is getting asked to come back, like Frank wants her back, the daughter, his daughter's involved saying like, you know, come back. She refused and I don't know if they had like a quarrel, but she was then arrested. Frank said that um, there was assault and battery. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So she gets like $5,000 bail, um, for this Did he post arrest. her bail? I, I don't know who posted her bail, but <laughs> I know he desperately wanted her back, supposedly. Oh and I'll God. post the article, all these articles because the way they wrote about them in the newspaper is so interesting. But they, I literally have an article that um, is what prompted this, and uh, it's her sitting in the jail when they're interviewing. This is like when she first got um, the second arrest. So, oh boy. Yep. So <laughs> she's telling about this first account during her second arrest. So. That was October 7th. Moving on to October 17th. She's arranged in court. Mm-mm. She's got a preliminary um, hearing because of Frank again. So Frank uh, 
is not happy with her and is, I'll just quote the name of the article that I found first. It was out of the St. Louis Star and Times from St. Louis, Missouri posted about this incident. And it was October 17th, 1922. So we're following October, the first incident with the, the, um, the first arrest. A couple months go by, she's not living with him, but then he slams her. The title of this headline is Police Doubts If Slain Twins Ever Existed. Uh-uh. But prosecutor disputes belief story of birth was fictitious, uh, sorry, fictitious and says he has strong case against woman. Supposed mother held on charge of murder. Miss Hazel Whoa. McNally in cell at Hammond, Indiana, declares she made husband believe dolls she bought were children. Oh, boy. <laughs> so. And it wasn't just enough with one. She had to have two. <laughs> yep. What the heck? <laughs> So she starts this court, right? So the court happens October 17th, and it wraps up October 21st. So there was four days, give or take, for all of the hearings for this yeah. case. So there was a judge. Um, I didn't note his name down, but <clears throat> he was applauded for the work that he did on this case because it was so wild and unheard of. Um, the town of Hammond went crazy over this case. Like, yeah, this is... Yeah, they were barging the in. The whole for sure. courtroom was filled with people. A lot of women. Yeah. Um, filled, packed. Like, you had to get there early. So did was it like they were all against her? They thought she was so it insane? Seemed, or? So I'll leave that part to the end because there's a specific way they noted it in, the, um, in one of the articles. Yeah. That was just so well written. But let me just pull up. It's a little blurry. But you can see a picture of everyone in court. Wow. That People were like standing. It's like standing yeah. room only. Like, So we have Hazel. Okay. Frank in the middle. And I'll post this online. So he, he looks yeah. older. Like probably her father's age. Yep. And then, oh, here it is. Henry Cleveland was the judge. Okay. And we have this lady, Mary Griffiths, who we will get to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the court's happening, okay, and it's just bizarre, like <laughs> just bizarre. So, there's a lot of back and forth. He testified, she testified. They had several witnesses on the stand. I was gonna say, did they have a nurse or like a doctor, midwife? Well, next door to the uh, to the McNallys, yeah, was Mary Griffiths. Okay, she was a nurse, okay. and she was also the neighbor. Okay, well, so. The way that it was told, and I guess sort of supported by Frank, was that he got called from work because she was having the babies. She didn't call the nurse, the neighbor, until afterwards. Supposedly, she was a trained nurse. Um, Hazel was a, a trained nurse, which her mom did back up in another article I found. Okay. So when the neighbor went over, she... Hazel says, oh, everything's fine. Here's the babies. We're good. Started nursing them. And and she said, I'm trained. I don't need any help. Oh. So, so Nobody was nobody there during was, the birth. Exactly. did it all by herself. She, yep. Twins. Mm. She ran. <laughs> For anyone listening out there with kids. Okay. <laughs> no, no talk about how any of it. It's just Frank got called from work, told to come home, saw the what twins. What about his kids? Were they home? Were they at school? Good point. His kids 
So in at this time, she's about 26, right? She's yeah. born in 1895. Yeah. His two children, Frank, uh, Frank's children, Lloyd and I think Madeline, he was the um, the son born 1897, so only two years younger yeah and then yeah, yeah. and her a couple the other like I said, daughter. her brother yeah so they were they were moved out you know yeah. weird so so there um that was the first issue so mary griffiths was a big part of this the defense because she's saying i saw these babies live i saw live twins right i saw them nursing yeah. i saw all these things they were definitely real several other witnesses were undecided they they said she never let us see them she always had their face covered even frank the the dad never saw the faces because she was like oh no be careful they're um they have weak eyes we have to cover their face leave them in the dark room but she would walk them in the prams and their strollers and do all these things so it, it there was a lot of people who said they never physically saw them fu- fully did okay. she buy dolls? Did she? <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like, receipts. You need the receipts. <laughs> yes. So this is where it gets tricky because <clears throat> we have people saying they saw them live. We have, There was like one or two other witnesses that said yeah. they were definitely live. I saw them moving. But Frank never never saw them. They do. She conf- she can. Hazel says Frank was in on it. Oh, boy. She says Frank was trying to get back at his ex-wife because she had moved on and had two boys of her own. He was jealous. He wanted he was really wanted to be a dad or be saw as a dad yeah. from the community. So they created this hoax supposedly. Mm. Is what Hazel says. Yeah. Hazel says she bought the heads of the dolls for $2 and then she said that they stuffed the dolls with sawdust and <laughs> Supposedly there was another article from Hazel saying he was involved. He was even like ironing the clothes or filling them with the sawdust on the ironing board and she was making the clothes. It was just weird. She even said that she went out with the um, Frank's daughter-in-law to Chicago and they were shopping for, for a baby because they made it, yeah. you know, they said they were having babies. And that's when she, I guess, saw the dolls and then later on went back to buy them. Frank denies that he was part of it, but then in another part, he he says he, at one point, believes that they were twins. She had taken them to Chicago to the hospital because they were premature, mm-hmm. supposedly, and she thinks that when they returned back is when she swapped it for the dolls, and then supposedly he went along with that. So there really is truly no clarity as to exactly the words that they had. Was he involved? Was he not it was weird. I tried wrangling through all the mess, but there was there was a lot of articles. So despite whatever they had arranged or not arranged, she totally is saying it was a hoax. There were going to be, I don't think it actually came to the stand because it was, um, the case was dismissed before, but they were ready to have um, a doctor come to the stand that was going to testify that in, um, let me find the date here, that in 1919, she had an operation that left her unable to have children. Hmm. Hysterectomy, maybe, or something. Yeah. I don't know. So that was her whole thing. I can't have kids. I can't have kids. There were dolls. They're not alive. But 
it gets weird because in a couple articles they talk about her having a son, Raymond Allen, from a previous marriage. Yeah. One article says he's adopted, but an article coming from her, quoted from her mom, says that it was her first son. I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm so bothered because this is happening in like 19... 1921 22 like I can't look at that 1920 census (laughs) right and then the 1930 is so far that it's like oh um so there's there's that weird thing going on and um but the the mom had a quite after the trial the mom quoted a bunch of things that just left me puzzled okay she the mom is saying in 1896 Hazel was 11 and was so hard to control that they sent her to the St. Mary's, um, like, school for her, okay? Oh, boy. I guess she graduated, and that's when she got married to Frank Allen and then had a son a year later, and the mom was quoted to say, like, I thought she was going to – this was the end of her, yeah. her nuisance, whatever. Um, and it, it even says from the mom – like, she felt terrible even saying this stuff against her own child, but she said it was true, right? Yeah. So, I'm think, I'm starting to think, because one of the witnesses on the stand was for the for Hazel, mm-hmm. but really, I think it might have, could have played opposite. It was school, um, a girl from her childhood, when she was 16 years old, had said her and her mother both said that they had tricked, even her closest friends, she tricked into thinking she was having a baby. So when she was she 16 years old. Before? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, and they get on the stand. They testified that she had a mania for motherhood. That whenever there would be other children, she always would make it believe that they were hers. So, so she, they testify against her. And then they even had the police go to the house where they were had been living to dig up the yard to look for baby, look for yeah. babies. Because Frank's saying they were alive, they were alive. You know, it's just bizarre. So, but wait, he wanted her back after he knew this already. Yeah, like, and supposedly I know. And then supposedly she knew he couldn't have kids. She couldn't have kids. Yeah, I don't know. It's. Very bizarre. He said, she said, they Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who is And right I have here? articles and articles and articles about this girl and this story. Yeah. And it's all just sometimes they're contradicting. Sometimes, you know, I wish I could, and maybe I could if I did enough digging, like get the actual court records. It would be so yeah. interesting to read the transcript from that. Yeah. Because one, there was one day, I think it was the third day of trial, they had 11 witnesses on the stand. Wow. And they were even prepared to bring her daughter, uh, sorry, her son onto the stand, mm-hmm. um, as well as another childhood friend who could report this mania, motherhood mania. Yeah. So, just. Like, was this just like a regular school that they sent her to? Or it was looked it like, like a. I, I looked online. School for troubled youth. It looked sort of, of regular, but like run by nuns. Um, so, okay. Well. Stricter, <laughs> you know, stricter and, you know. I did read. I did see and be able to pull up the school online, and I think they just stopped um, running. Or the main people who ran it had um, ended in like 1970. Great. So, um, let me just read some of these other uh, the headlines because I love the headlines. They're just so catchy. <laughs> Women accused of slaying twin babies 
asserts charge is a lie. Another one, denies children were ever born. Um, let's see. Dolls, father on the stand. Schoolgirl says she saw twins, wife calls dolls. Um, let's see. Mother of doll twins faces husband accuser. And let's see. Mania for motherhood given a reason for phantom twins. And then McNally tells of rebelling at doll twins. So, I mean, there's just, there's tons. But in the end, these last couple headlines are freed of killing babies. So the judge decided this whole case because there was no evidence of the actual deaths. Like they weren't be able to produce evidence of death. Anything in the backyard or? No. Even there was no record of them being born. Even when Frank said, oh, she took him to Chicago to this hospital, there was no record there. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just curious because if she truly did have a kid before, but she had this mania, I think she's a pathological liar. If the mom's saying she was so unruly and hard to control, she, I don't know, did this weird scheme in in her, at 26 years old to fake babies? I don't know. Seems something is uh, off. Yeah, something's definitely off. And, and like, what happened in her childhood, though? Like, exactly. She might have some kind of trauma, psychiatric issue, but also what kind of trauma led to that? That's so true. Well, you know? Yeah. Did she have any siblings? Like, I know, and I wish I could tell you because I searched and searched and searched. Like, I spent a lot of time searching because yeah. I want to know what happened to Hazel. Right. And I know in this article from her quoted by her mom. I have her mom's name, Emily Hill. Okay. It even says her grandparents' name, George King, which must must be Emily's parents because she married a Hill. Right. I can't find anything. I have Frank Allen, who was the first husband. Mm-hmm. I can't find anything. It is it is actually driving me nuts. <laughs> um, but I want I, I want to yeah. know what happened to her. She was a pretty girl. Like, like here's a nice picture of her as well. I'll post that one. Yeah. You know? Um, but the best part was, and I don't want to leave this part out, was um, they talk about what it was like to be in the courtroom when the judge said that she was, the case was dismissed. Was they say people were applauding, yelling, trying to reach out to her and grab her hand. Like, just, it sounded like chaos. They, um, people were in the room for like two hours afterwards just trying to like, you know, be involved in, there. in any way, yeah. Yeah, and it said that throughout the whole trial, Hazel was just giggling and um, happy, smiling. Like, she never once seemed to be, like, worried or scared that she was in court, which makes it even weirder for me. Yeah. Um, Maybe, like, bipolar, yeah, manic episodes. Something. But she... Um, so the judge says, you're free, and what does Hazel do? Oh, my gosh. Ah, oh, fates. Right on the table. <laughs> like, what? For someone who was not worried and giggling, yeah. are you fainting because you're dramatic? <laughs> she seems like quite the character. Yeah, I would, Hazel seems very interesting. And then there's a picture... Afterwards, these are not the real dolls, but this article was um, written 
let's see, November of 2022. So a couple, a month after she was freed. There's a picture of her holding pretend dolls, I guess, to kind of show. <laughs> just these dolls look like not real can you at imagine all. Imagine with that amount of hair. I know. Well, like, like, I know. So well, she covered their face, and actually, <laughs> and all these things are coming back to me now. Like the the neighbor, um, who was saying they were real, even said that at one point she saw like blood coming from the nose, which can supposedly happen if a baby suffocated. So that's why she thought they were suffocated. I don't know. It was just, it was just so weird, but. Nowadays, they have those like baby reborn dolls. I yeah, think that's I what know. they're called. That's, they're so real looking. So about it. It's so real. Yeah. She could up her game. Like, yeah. <laughs> if she could do that with these things that don't even look like real dolls, can you imagine? Um, so I'm going to post, there's a lot of good detail in my story. And so I, I definitely didn't do it justice. And so I'll post a lot of some of the clippings that were just so well written. But I did find out more about Frank. So, about five months after the trial, she was trying to divorce him. She kept yeah. on saying, that's it. We're, as soon as this is done, I'm suing for divorce, divorce suing yeah. for faults, arrest. He died five months later. Oh. He died, I mean, five months after um, the, trial. the trial had ended of pneumonia. Oh. And his poor obituary. Oh, no. Father of McNally Sawdust Twins is pneumonia victim. That's it? That's it. And it just talks about the case, really. But it ta- in his obituary, it says he's 44. Which I'm sorry, he does not look 44. His birth record. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> got to search for it. Um, and there are some censuses, so I just got to go back and do a little bit more digging. But he does not look 44. And it pretty much just talks about the court case. Doesn't mention, like, his kids or anything like that. Just there's a little picture of, of him from the court. Yeah. So, um, and what would be good to get, like, the if you could get a copy of the actual trial was supposedly the two um, the defense and the prosecutor were hated each other it seemed they were many times yelling at each other back and forth like can you imagine fighting over these like fake twins like <laughs> just like just going going at it um Real life so we're even yeah. more entertaining of a trial um so but yeah that was uh that's a very interesting one yeah i mean Oh, here's another picture of them in court. Like she's like looking right at the camera. It's just interesting. Yeah, she, she's like <laughs> she zoned looked, in on the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, she's sitting not that far away. Like there's her, there's her um, lawyer, and there's the person representing her, and then here's the husband. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's probably not anyone really alive still to. Yeah. Who would have been in the courtroom, but I would have loved to hear the reaction to what that was like. Oof. And I just can't believe she convinced some people and it actually went to court. That's, that's pretty messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I will be doing more. I will look into this more because there are some unanswered questions. So if anyone knows of the Hill family with a mom, Emily, her father, George, Hazel, even a Raymond Allen who would have had a father Frank. Like, I need more details. Yes. <laughs> so let us know. Awesome. Well, thank you. As always, if you have anything in your family that's interesting like this, we want to know so we could uh, share it. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Bye.